The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Let's get into the Word of the Lord. That's why I'm here. Amen. There's nothing more important to me than the Word of God. This is what I live by. Everything in my life, I wanted to be informed by the Word of God. This is the commitment I made to God when He first called me to preach this gospel. See, I grew up in a tradition where the Word of God wasn't emphasized, but religious tradition was emphasized. And when my eyes got open, when the light came on, I told the Lord that I was going to be about his word. And, and so you can be about whatever you want to be about, but I'm going to be about God's word. Amen. So if I don't have his word for it, I won't do it. So I want the word of God to inform me in every aspect of my life. Amen. My marriage, my family, my finances, my friendships, my relationships. The word of God has to inform me about what pleases God. And I don't know about you, but I just want to glorify the Lord. That's all I want to do. And so one of the things, uh, Joyce and I were just talking about it yesterday. In our prayers, we pray the Word of God. We always pray the Word of God. But we also have to pray, not my will, but your will be done. And when God's will is done, that's when he's glorified. There's nothing better or greater than to glorify our Heavenly Father. Amen? Even when Lazarus had passed away and he was dead in his grave, Jesus said his sickness was not unto death, but it's for the glory of God. So a lot of times we pray and things don't seemingly come out the way we want them to come out. You see, that's not the purpose of prayer to arm twist God. That's not the purpose of prayer. Say, God, I need you. When I say jump, you, when I say how high, you say jump. And when I say jump, you say how high. That's not the way this works. Prayer is to join in with God. It's to join in what God is doing. And so whatever I'm praying for, you see, I don't know how to pray as I ought. That's why the Holy Spirit helps my infirmities. And he prays through me. But the bottom line is, no matter what I pray, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Come on, say that with me. Not my will, but your will be done. Would you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1? Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to continue talking about a deadly poison. And this is part three in this series a deadly poison. And today I want to focus on true and false guilt. Some guilt we have is based on true guilt. Some guilt we have is just false guilt. But in Ephesians chapter 1 here, look at verse 3. Now Paul is writing to Christians, people like you and I. But they happen to be Christians at the church in Ephesus. 
a church in Asia Minor in, in first century. And Paul says to this church, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. We need to approach God from that vantage point that he's already done it. And if we believe that God has already done it, then our prayer is punctuated with the words, thank you. How many hear what I'm saying? Blessed be the God and the Father of Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love that we should be holy without guilt before him in love. Look at verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Now I've been telling you that guilt is a painful feeling and it comes from the belief that you have done something wrong or immoral. And so you start feeling guilt. But you will never, beloved, develop a healthy sense of worth, a self-worth. Let me say it that way. You will never develop a healthy sense of self-worth if you're burdened by guilt feelings. It's like a slow poisoning. And it's slowly, it's like a poison that's slowly killing you. And, and I say that because what guilt does, guilt lowers our sense of self-worth. We don't feel as good as the, as the next person. Feel as good as our brother or sister because we're burdened with guilt. What guilt does, guilt, it robs us of all these spiritual blessings that Paul is talking about here. It makes us feel like we're deserving of a blame and punishment. You don't deserve to be blamed. You don't deserve to be punished. Because God chose you to be in Christ. But what guilt does, it hinders us from receiving all those spiritual blessings that Paul talked about in verse 3 here. When he says God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings, with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And what guilt does, it hinders us from receiving. We know those blessings are for us, but somehow, some way, they always escape us. Is it because of guilt? Huh? So I've been saying that guilt is a deadly poison. But the antidote for guilt is forgiveness. You have to have the revelation, and you have to internalize that revelation that I am forgiven. So the antidote for guilt is forgiveness. And that works whether your guilt is true guilt or false guilt. So where does guilt come from? Where does guilt come from? When you look at Romans chapter 3, verse 10 tells us, as it is written, 
There is none righteous, no, not one. And Paul's referring to what's written in Psalms 14 and Psalms 53. But he says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Then when you drop down to verse 23 in Romans chapter 3, Paul says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if there's none righteous, no, not one, and if all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, then why are we still feeling guilty when God has forgiven us through the redemption of his blood? We have received the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So where does guilt come from? There's two sources of guilt. Guilt comes from conviction, and it comes from I should say it this way, it comes from your conscience convicting you or it comes from the Holy Spirit convicting you. I need you to hear this now. Many times when we ex we're experiencing that false guilt, it's based on our conscience being convicted. And when we're in Christ and we violate the Word of God, we do something to displease God, then the Holy Spirit, he has a ministry, and his ministry is to convict us of that sin. So those are the only two sources of guilt, your conscience and the Holy Spirit. And I'd rather have the Holy Spirit convicting me than to have my conscience convicting me. How many hear what I'm saying? So this is where guilt comes from. So it doesn't matter if you've done something wrong or not. It's based on what you believe. And if you believe you've done something wrong, even if you haven't, your feelings of guilt are still unavoidable. You're carrying that burden. And God wants to release you from that. He wants to release every one of us from guilt. We're not built for guilt. Let me say it again. We are not built for guilt. We are built to glorify God. And to glorify God, we must believe what God has said to, about us. He said that I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I chose you before the foundation of the world that you would be holy without feelings of guilt before me in love. All because of the power of redemption in his blood, in the blood of Jesus. We now have the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. What is God saying here? God is saying no matter how many times you need to be forgiven, he gives you the grace to be forgiven. He forgives you. So why are you carrying that burden? It's a deadly poison. So false guilt. What is false guilt? Listen to me now, false guilt. And so many of us, we have that false guilt. It's not even based on what God said. And that's what false guilt is. False guilt is feeling guilty. You're feeling guilty because of something that, that, that something you've done, something you've thought, but God doesn't condemn it in any way. 
it's not against the Word of God. It's not against the law of God, but yet you feel condemned. That's false guilt. But on the other hand, true guilt is that conviction. When your conscience convicts you or the Holy Spirit convicts you that you have violated the law of God. You have transgressed against God's law. So where does this false guilt thing come from? Where does it come from? For example, how many have ever been tempted in here? How many felt guilty about your temptation? Now here's what the Bible tells us about Jesus. Jesus Christ himself was not above being tempted. Remember, he was tempted in the wilderness. Then Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 tells us, we have not a high priest who cannot be moved by the feelings of our infirmities, but he like us was tempted in all points, yet without sin. So the Bible clearly shows that Jesus face the same temptations that you have faced, the same temptations you're going to face, and Jesus, being tempted by, in all points, he was tempted without sin, without sin. And that, that's good news to me, that, that my high priest knows what I'm going through. He knows what I'm feeling. And he's the only one that can really do something about it. Now, temptation, many times, is just false guilt. Let me tell you why it's false guilt. Because temptation, in and of itself, is not sin. The sin is when you dwell on the temptation. The sin is when you yield to the temptation. So why are you carrying around guilt feelings? Because you were tempted. Your temptation only reminded you that you are still in your humanity. Your temptation reminded you that you still have weaknesses and human limitations. And how much more now should we draw on him and draw nigh to him? Lord, I need you. So I'm not going to feel guilty because I got tempted. That's false guilt. Temptations when you dwell on that thing. Temptations when you yield to it. That's when you have sin. And that's when a true, when true guilt comes in because you did yield. You did give in to it. And the Holy Spirit comes along and he convicts us. That's what John chapter 16 verse 8 tells us. That when the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict us of sin and of righteousness and judgment. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict me, not yours. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict you, not mine. My job is just to announce the good news. And the good news is you have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Huh? So don't let nobody put you on a guilt trip. Because God will never do that. Huh? 
You're taking a ride, an unnecessary ride, when you let anybody put you on a guilt trip. And the only reason it works is because you believe it. See, that's, that's where the guilt comes in. That's where that painful feeling comes in. Because you believe you've done something wrong or immoral. And I'm here to tell you that you're going to be tempted in this life. Men are going to be tempted with women. Women are going to be tempted with men. But that's not the sin. The sin is when you dwell on it. Sin is when you give in to it. You see, we're still in the flesh, every one of us. None of us are beyond temptation. Neither was Jesus. But he gave us an example he was a high priest. That he felt the infirmities of our feelings. He knew we had weaknesses and limitations. And so he was tempted in all points, just like you and I would be tempted in this life. But the Bible says he was without sin. And when we're following after him, we too can be without sin. So false guilt is that feeling for something that God and his word doesn't condemn. How many times you felt guilty for something, but it's not in the Word of God? How many times you ladies have felt guilty for wearing makeup, for the way you dress, the way you wore your hair? If you pay close attention, it's usually the women the church wants to put on a guilt trip about something. Hmm? Women shouldn't wear pants. Oh, I remember that, dealing with that many years ago. Women shouldn't wear lipstick. They shouldn't wear makeup. Huh? It's always the women. And so women will do things like that because they feel like they want to do it. Then somebody will put them on a guilt trip. I remember one time, my wife and I, we, in fact, I was preaching out of town, and uh, we went to this place. And the pastor got up, and he, t he said all the women with lipstick on Jezebel. Uh, my wife happened to have lip lipstick on. I think she had enough Christian maturity to just to dismiss it, but it had to affect us to, uh, affect us to some extent because she talked about it to, with me. Why would a pastor get up and call women Jezebels? Got your faces painted like Jezebel, lipstick like Jezebel. And when you know what's interesting, they never met Jezebel. See, it's all in their mind. You see, it's all in their mind. I'm, I'm going to get to it. Just hold on. You know, stuff gets molded in our mind that God don't have anything to do with. And we're feeling guilty about it. And needlessly, because that's the enemy's way of trying to rob you of God's spiritual blessings. Huh? If you're going to feel guilty, you want to have true guilt. Huh? True guilt is that you, you get convicted by the Holy Spirit because you have violated the Word of God. The Bible says, do not steal. If I steal, I need to be convicted of stealing because God said, do not steal. Huh? But if I find something... And I don't know who the owner of that something is. Have no way of returning it. And I pick it up, put it in my pocket. Why should I feel guilty? 
because I did not steal. Hello? Now, if you find something and you can find the identity of the owner, you have no obligation to try to get it back to him. I'm just telling you the truth here. You see? I've been to testimony services where saints get up and talk about they went to the bank and the teller guy gave them too much money back and the Lord blessed them. No, 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 no. That wasn't the Lord. Somebody lost their job over, you, over your testimony. You know how many times in my own life a cashier has given me too much change back and I've had to give it back to them. And, and I'm not really known to be a patient person. They closed the drawer and I said, well, I got to open my drawer again. I'm ready to go, but you gave me back too much money. And they fumbled around talking about it. Well, I got to wait till the next customer to open the drawer. And I'm standing there trying to do what's right. But that's the right thing to do. Somebody gave you too much money back. You, you have an obligation to give that money back to them. They could lose their job. They might have kids at home. Could be a single parent doing the best they can, and you're robbing them and their children because of your ignorance. And you want to say, the Lord bless you. No, no, no. The Lord used you to cheat somebody. That's what you really said, and God won't do that. God will not do that. So here's where true guilt comes from, and false guilt for that matter, okay? It comes from the things that have been molded in us. Huh? Things that have been molded in us by the Word of God. And if you know this Word and you violate this Word, you will feel guilt. But the Holy Spirit not only convicts us of guilt, He helps us to get rid of the guilt. And how does He help us to get rid of the guilt? It's through repentance. Repentance. Amen? So true guilt is always molded by what the Bible says. What the Bible says is right or wrong, that molds within me my sense of righteousness or my sense of guilt when I violate it. But what about the false guilt? Every one of us have had false guilt molded in us. And it comes from the influences from our parents. Stay with me. The teachings and legalistic churches, other people's interpretation of the Bible, and they don't know what they're talking about. And since you don't know the Bible, you bite into it, hook, line, and sinker, and now you're feeling all guilty, needlessly. But things that my mother molded in me, those things still live with me. But many times... The, your parents may have told you something that was not according to the Bible, not according to the Word of God. Many times, your parents could have said things to you in an unhealthy way. Maybe they called you dumb because of your report card you brought home from school. Maybe they said you were a failure and you're never going to amount to anything. So every time in life, you make a little mistake or you have a mishap in life, then those words of your parents come back to you because they've been molded in you. You've been influenced by those words, and now you're feeling guilt. That's false guilt. It's false guilt because it's not based on what God said. 
Only true guilt can be based on what God said. Huh? And what about all the legalistic teachings in the church? Touch not, taste not, handle not. You can't go here, you can't go there. Can't do this, you can't do that. You know what? You know what my wife said? Just give me a list of what I can do. Since you got all the stuff I can't do, just write down the things I can do. Because the church is so filled with should not, could not, touch not, taste not, handle not. Those are all legalistic teachings. We need to be taught the truth of who we are in God. And then when we, when we come to a, re, a realization of who we really are in God, we're going to be freed from that poison of guilt. So if I violate the Word of God, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict me. Now, remember now, it's not my job to convict you, your job to convict, you, uh, to convict me. See, if you look on your chest, none of you have a, a, a badge that says spiritual deputy sheriff. So you have no right to convict other people. That's not your ministry. Your ministry is to love folk. Your ministry is to share the good news with folk. Your ministry is not to make people feel guilty. How many times in a church service the preacher stands behind the sacred desk and he puts the people on a guilt trip just to get people to come to the altar and go through the motion of getting saved. I'm telling you something, that's salvation that won't last. That will not last. If the only reason you want to come to Christ is because you feel guilty, that's not going to last. You should want to come to Christ because you believe he has the power to transform your life and take away all your guilt. Not assuage your guilt. Not smooth or soothe over your guilt. Huh? So true guilt... It's molded by only what the Bible says. False guilt, it comes from other sources outside of the Bible. Even if it came from our parents, even if it came from what we were taught in churches or what somebody else, some other individual said, this is what they believe the, the, their interpretation of the Bible is. And you bought into that. And now you're feeling guilty about that. There are so many things that we want people to feel guilty about, and the Bible doesn't have nothing to say about it, nothing at all. Therefore, you should not have nothing to say about it. Hmm? So the antidote for, 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 for guilt is forgiveness, and the essence of forgiveness is wholeness, wholeness. Too many of us live in fragmented lives. God wants us to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. And, and so the essence of forgiveness is wholeness. Psalms 103 verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who deliver us, come on, he forgives us from our iniquities and he heals all of our diseases. That's making us whole. Come on now. Stop forgetting his benefits. And one of his benefits is to be free, to be released from guilt. Huh? Paul told the Colossians, you are complete in him. Complete. Yeah.
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net, 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.